it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not turning 81 years old today. Joe Biden, our oldest president in history, getting one year older as the polls get double digits worse. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Uh, The White House says there'll be no presents because Biden wants his friends to put all of their energy into helping him defeat President Nixon. We have a president that is clearly not all there. 888-788-9910 if you want to help celebrate the president's birthday. Uh, We're going to get a lot of help today from Battle and Bill Hammer, co-host of America's Newsroom. We're also going to be talking with Fox Sports analyst Joel Klatt who helps me preview the Ohio State-Michigan game coming up this Saturday, if you know anything about the Fela family. We are all over that one. And uh, Andy Engel, it's a little treat. It's a holiday week this week. And uh, Andy Engel is somebody I've known from the the very first person I met in the comedy industry, the first guy. He was the director of New Talent at Caroline's when I started. And uh, he is a dude that's been working in comedy clubs since, like, 1980. There is not a big-name comic you could think of that he doesn't know who doesn't know him. So he's a bit of an encyclopedia, and uh, I'm excited to talk to him this week about his comedy school and everything else he's got going on. So 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of the action today. If you want to welcome me back to our New York studio. We were on the road last week, but uh, today is very much a home game. True story. Crowd is fired up for this one. So, you know, one way or the other. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... That is all. Happy Monday. Here we go. If you came out to the Patriot Awards this past week in Nashville, thank you. It is the Oscars for people who deserve to be honored. Okay? As I was saying last week when I was down in Nashville. The guys who win trophies at the Oscars aren't actual heroes. Okay? You're saluting a closeted gay man with an eating disorder who's pretending to be a hero for $30 million a year. The people we saluted at the Oscars are actual heroes who risk life and limb to protect you every day. That's true. That is true. So it was a really powerful thing to be a part of. And then we went down to Naples. And uh, I got to tell you, man, the city of Naples, take a bow. Four shows... Four sold-out crowds. Uh, Byron Donald stopped by with the great Erica Donald Saturday night to the Late Show. And I will tell you, you cannot offend a Florida crowd. Believe me, I tried everything. <laughs> we, You name an area, you name a subject matter, we went there. Uh, it was heavy-duty uh, stuff. It was a varsity game in every sense of the word. But a uh, shout-out to the Off the Hook Comedy Club, uh, to Brian and Dennis and the whole Barnyard Jamboree for treating us like a million bucks down there. And, of course, shout-out to BD and uh, ED, Erica Donalds, uh, for being part of a phenomenal late show Saturday night. Right now, though, uh, I am back here with you doing what I do best, yapping on the radio. Later today, 
Friday, we will be lighting the Christmas tree out on Fox Plaza. I am joining the cast of The Five for that live broadcast outside. If you follow Fox News, you know that every year we have two Christmas tree lightings. First, we light it, and then somebody comes by and burns it down. Uh, I am an honor to be a part of the first lighting of the season. (laughs) Hopefully there won't be a second. Uh, But the big celebration, supposedly, right now, is not supposed to be the Fox Christmas tree. It's supposed to be Biden's 81st birthday. But is anybody in Washington, D.C. celebrating such a thing? The answer would be no. No. Uh, Man, oh boy, oh man. The poll numbers for Biden on his 81st birthday are horrific. And the media now openly, now openly, not only, you know, some calling for him not to run, some liberals, prominent ones like Bill Maher, flat out saying he can't win if he does. Here is Maher uh, on real time batting leadoff clip five. Everyone ages differently. I agree. I've said, and, and, you know, so, so Betty White lived to be 99. No. Mick Jagger is still twisting his ass. Mr. Right. I have been the one making that case year after year here against ageism. I always said it's a case-by-case basis. It's but, a case-by-case. But for case. that argument to have teeth, it all, you also have to be the person who can go, yeah, but this is the case. And it, I, I've said it before. Do I think Joe Biden can do the job? Absolutely. Yes. I don't think he can win the job. And that's what I care about. He's going to lose because the people think he's too old. And perception is reality. I'm sorry. Come on, man. Okay. Donna Brazil, who used to be on this show when we first launched, uh, and I genuinely love talking to. She's folksy. She has charm. I don't agree with her politics, but I found her to be a fun conversation. Uh, but Donna Brazil tries to make the case that, well, you know, Biden, you know, he's 81. But look at Betty White was that age. Mick Jagger's that age. One of the other panelists was yelling in, oh, Mr. T is that age. Shut up, fool. OK, but the one thing Betty White at that age, Mick Jagger at that age and Mr. T have in common, OK, is that they weren't shaking hands with invisible people. Bingo. It's not about age. It's about condition. Okay, we all know people in their 90s that are sharp as a tack. Is Biden sharp as a tack? The answer would be no. The guy's a mess. Joe Biden behaves like somebody you shouldn't buy weed from. Okay, straight up. If you had a friend who was going to give you a joint. Okay, I'm not a wee guy. I'm not a drug guy. As hard as that is to imagine listening to the show every day. I'm not a drug guy. But if you had a friend that was going to give you weed that spoke to dead people. At public events. Jackie, you hear what's going on? Shook hands with invisible people on multiple occasions. Okay. Got lost leaving the stage pretty much every time that he is in public. Okay, even on a solemn day like Veterans Day where a Marine had to stick him in the right spot because the guy got lost. There is no way in hell... That you are smoking that guy's weed. That is correct. Okay, that's who the current president is. It's not about his age. It's about his condition. And his condition is a disaster. But when you look at the polls, they're in worse condition than he is. Okay, NBC poll comes out this weekend. And this is their first poll. We've been talking about multiple polls. A New York Times-Siena poll was the big one last week. Multiple polls that show Trump beating Biden in a head-to-head matchup. Okay, well, an NBC poll for the first time this weekend uh, has their own internal hypothetical matchup showing Trump beating Biden going away. Here is Steve Kornacki, 
talking about the Biden situation. Clip one. 2019, 2020, when Trump was president, he trailed all of them. This year, he's trailed all of them in our poll. First time in more than a dozen polls, we've seen a result like this. Some of the other ingredients that go into that, Biden has long had an advantage over Trump on likability. Look, at the start of this year, 39% said they had a positive view of Biden, barely 30 of Trump. We've seen consistently a gap like this. Now, the gap is gone. Mm. 36 positive on both, and actually Biden, one point more negative than Trump. That's been a significant advantage for Biden. Our poll says that advantage, at least for now, may be gone. Whoa. You're a lion dog-faced pony soldier. But he's not a lion dog-faced pony soldier. Okay, Biden's advantage on likability is gone. Get him out of here. Get him out. That's all he had going for him. Joe Biden gets negative, negative, negative. Okay, poll numbers on the economy, which is the number one issue to voters right now. He gets negative. I'm talking 20 points negative on the economy, 20 points negative on the border, 20 points negative on foreign policy, 20 points negative on gas prices. The only thing he gets a positive grade on is climate change. And does anybody actually care? The answer would be no. No. Okay, climate change is not a mainstream issue. It's something the government is forcing on you at every turn because, you know, the guys who are the John Kerry's of the world pushing this policy have a motivation to do so. Money, 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 money. But understand, okay, the biggest climate change bill in the history of this country was called the Inflation Reduction Act. What a fraud. And why was it called the Inflation Reduction Act? Because if they had tried to pass $500 billion in spending on the climate, nobody would have been okay with it. He knows what he's talking about. So Biden has no deliverable. Okay, the one thing they used to point to was, well, you know, Trump tweets the bad stuff, orange man bad, you know, high negatives. So you vote for Biden because you like him better than, you know, you might like a guy like Donald Trump. Wrong. The polls don't say that anymore. Okay, let me give you a little more. Okay, here is CNN. Okay, CNN's political director, flat out David Chalian, flat out telling you, okay, New Hampshire voters now believe that Trump can win the general. And that's up significantly from where it was in September. This is clip four. Main arguments that we're hearing from candidates not named Trump is that he can't win. And that argument is falling on deaf ears with this New Hampshire Republican primary electorate. Look at this movement. Donald Trump back in September, 51% of likely Republican primary voters said he had the best chance of winning a general election. That's now up to 57%. So he's up six points on electability. Now, you see Haley's made progress on electability, too. She's up five. DeSantis way down on this score. He's down 11 points on being seen as the one with the best chance to win. So bad news for DeSantis there in that New Hampshire poll, but really good news for Donald Trump. And the main reason why Biden sucks. Okay, you got to understand when people talk about the loyalty to Trump, they're like, oh, you know, it's a cult that these people could still be loyal to him after all he's done. But do you understand? Okay, you might not like Donald Trump's personality. You might not like how he behaved in the aftermath of the 2020 election. But let's be very clear. He's not the first major party candidate to go out there and tell you an election was stolen. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. But getting past that, okay, the quality of life under Trump exponentially better than it was under Joe Biden. Tell him like it is. Okay, we didn't have a border problem under Trump. The largest number of illegal border crossings in the history of this nation has occurred under Biden. Trump had cut them by 80%. Gas was $2 a gallon lower 
under Trump than it is under Biden. By the way, foreign policy wasn't the mess it is right now, and inflation didn't hit a 40-year high under Trump. Inflation hit a 40-year high under Biden. So Biden is just objectively a disaster in terms of the quality of life impact he's had here in America. When you look at the interest rates on houses right now, my God, do you know what the latest interest rate is? Okay, I'm not even kidding. They gave it at the guy gave it to the guy to fit, to read the latest interest rate on mortgages. Here's what he said. Oh, oh, no, no. They don't even give you a number now. It's just level a level of screaming. Okay, you understand the interest rates are up so much so that you're talking about an extra $1000 on your mortgage just based on the interest alone people are paying with the increase. So you can't look at any person, any person and say, are you better off now than you were four years ago? Unless that person happens to be running a drug cartel at the border. Or I don't know, maybe they're sitting in Afghanistan trying to sell off $85 billion worth of the weapons we left behind when we fled by taking the troops out ahead of the civilians. Okay, Biden has been, by all measures, the worst president in the history of the country. Straight up. You can tell me something about the climate. Nobody cares. Okay, believe me. If people cared, he'd have positive approval ratings. People care about the economy. He's tanking. People care about the border. He's tanking. People care about the safety factors in our inner cities. He's tanking. Okay, and if you want to talk about our image on the world stage, nobody takes us serious. Okay, Putin invaded Ukraine after we said there's no way they'd do it because we're going to slap the sanctions on them. And then, of course, they rolled right in. Okay, Iran is funding all of these proxy attacks, not only on Israel, but on us. We've been hit over 50 times at our military installations. Okay, that's a reality. When you look out at China encircling Taiwan and continuing to rip off our intellectual copyright, okay, you realize when it comes to the country. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just they're not respecting our country the way they used to. And any way you slice it, it's all because of the guy in office. Introducing the Amazon Biden, the home assistant that refuses to take questions. Biden, can you tell me when your next press conference is? Absolutely not. And unlike the Alexa, the Biden won't share location data. Biden, where is Hunter? Come on, let's get real here. You won't have to worry about your kids plagiarizing schoolwork because the Biden doesn't retain information. Biden, what year did we kill Osama bin Laden? I don't remember that ever happening. It may look like a cheap knockoff that breaks down a lot, but the Biden is doing work you can count on. A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. The Amazon Biden, selling out fast in Ukraine and China. It's the number one show with humans and animals. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Precise, personal, powerful. Is America's weather team in the palm of your hands? Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, just to get here, Liberty and Bell had to beat some tough odds in competition. They had to work hard to show patience and be willing to travel over a thousand miles. You could say even this harder than getting a, a ticket to the Renaissance tour or 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 Britney's tour. She's down in it's kind of warm in Brazil right now. 
<laughs> that is Joe Biden, uh, who just pardoned two turkeys at the White House. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Uh, sadly for the president, though, voters not in a very forgiving mood. Uh, Biden turns 81 today. And according to the poll numbers, uh, he should consider spending his 82nd birthday anywhere but the White House. Uh, completely upside down now uh, for this president. And you've got prominent voices. Uh David Axelrod, who is very much the senior advisor, the most trusted voice in Barack Obama's huddle, David Axelrod over the weekend continued to criticize Biden. He told Maureen Dowd at the New York Times uh, that Biden should not be running. He has a 50-50 shot at best. He thinks it's probably worse than 50-50 in terms of Biden's odds of holding on to the gig. You know, the reality is if 75 percent of the country think you're going in the wrong direction, you shouldn't retain your job. Straight up. Okay, if we hired an Uber XL, 10 of us jumped into an Uber, and seven of us thought the guy was driving the wrong way on the road, we're probably not going to ask that guy to drive us ever again. Correct the mundo. Okay, so this idea that we should give Biden four more years at this thing, there's no chance. Like, no reasonable person could tell you that. Number one, the conditions on the ground here in the country are exponentially worse than they were when he took over. I mean, the sell when Biden took over, if you remember, was we were, you know, systemically racist in this country. We'd been racist since our founding, and the only way to correct this was to get a guy out of office and replace him with a guy who'd been a part of that racist government for 50 years. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. You think about that. Joe Biden has been a part of this government for 50 years. And the Democrats said we had to, we had to nominate him and put him into office because the government was racist. But, I mean, seriously, if the government is so racist, how could you get out with a straight face and tell us a guy who had eulogized a Klan member? Joe, which Joe Biden did in Robert Byrd, could actually be better equipped to lead us out of our racist path. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. Straight up. But now they don't have race to weaponize because people have seen the damage done to our country by doing so. The NYPD's budget cuts are now bringing down the numbers to their lowest levels, to their lowest levels since the early 1990s. This could be a problem. That's like when my brother Joey got onto the force. Okay, and New York City in the early 1990s was a disaster, if you remember. The video, you know the video game Grand Theft Auto? Okay, picture a more more lawless version of that video game, except there were real-life consequences and gangs everywhere and crime was through the roof, and you couldn't look three feet in either direction without seeing a triple-X sex show going on in Times Square. Hubba, hubba. All right, whatever. The point is it's not good for the quality of life, even if you're in the hubba, hubba crowd. We'll get into it, uh, and we'll get a media take when we come back on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon back in New York after a banner weekend in Naples, Florida, a state where Donald Trump now leads Ron DeSantis by 39 points. We're going to hear from DeSantis. Uh, We'll get into some of his media appearances in the next hour with Battle and Bill Hemmer, co-host of America's Newsroom, who's going to be joining us. But right now, some you and me time as we continue to expand on the discussion surrounding the birthday boy, Joe Biden, 
turning 81 years old today, and he still has a few supporters left. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. But according to the Washington Post and Politico, uh, they wrote some complete sentences, none of which were good uh, in regards to the president. So let me tell you this, because over the weekend, they basically have gone into full-blown panic mode behind the scenes. It's very hard to get an incumbent president off the ballot if they want to run again, or if, in this case, their wife really enjoys being first lady and wants them to run again, it's very hard to get them off the ballot. And when it comes to Biden, that seems to be the case. I don't know that he wants to do four more years of this job. The guy's a mess. But you know who likes being first lady? His wife. I agree with that. So, you know, we're being told there's no love lost between the Bidens and the Obamas. Barack Obama's top advisors are out there on the campaign trail every day uh, talking to reporters about Biden's prospects and saying they're dim, saying the guy doesn't have a chance. And I don't know what would make them think that, to be fair. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. uh, So when you think about it, though, okay, The Washington Post, okay, put together. A man, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's like a, its own pullout section based on why Biden shouldn't run. <laughs> like crazy stuff, okay? And they talk about how the donors are concerned, how major officials are concerned, and how party leaders are rightfully concerned. They just don't know what they can do. Now, logistically, there's not a lot they can do. You can talk to them about getting out of the race. But then there's also the logistical issue of getting somebody else onto the ballot. Does it look like there are people who want to run? Yes. Gavin Newsom is out there doing public appearances every damn day. You know, he was in Beijing. He hosted Xi Jinping. And, of course, every corporate leader in America lined up to pay 50 grand to have dinner with Xi Jinping. That was embarrassing. But remember, it. the next time every one of these corporations tells you that, you know, They're social justice champions. They're trying to look out for the little guy. Xi Jinping is the biggest human rights abuser in the world. And who is Xi Jinping sitting down with in San Francisco? The head of Apple. Okay, Tim Cook. Okay, Gavin Newsom was there. They all showed up. Why? Because they want a piece of that hot Chinese market. You know, the one that steals a billion dollars worth of our intellectual copyrights a year. Okay, the one that the UN Human Rights Council formerly said was guilty of crimes against humanity. Okay, there were our corporate overlords, the ones who tell you, we've got to look out for PayPal. We've got to right all the injustices in the world in this store. We don't tolerate racism or bigotry, you know, unless it's in China, in which case they're making our goods for cheap and we want to hold on to that sweet slave labor. But uh, but in the store itself, we don't tolerate it. You know, I didn't say anything about the store as a whole or the brand as a whole or corporate leadership as a whole. I just meant, you know, in this store. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. And they will be. If Biden runs again, understand this, okay? And this is going on in the highest levels of politics. The Obama advisors are saying Biden shouldn't run again. Okay, the media elites are saying Biden shouldn't run again. Okay, the largest donors are saying Biden shouldn't run again. But if Biden runs again, every single one of them will be like, he's the best option this country has. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. So you have to put that in the back of your head. Kind of timestamp the moment. Kind of timestamp it. 
Okay, remember this day. We're sitting here. It's November the 20th, 20 the 23rd. Okay, it's Joe Biden's birthday. He's turning 81. And the entirety of the media is saying he shouldn't run again. 75% of the American people are saying he shouldn't run again. But if he runs, they will all pretend none of this ever happened. That's true. That is true. That's what they do. They memory hole things. We live in this era now where the news comes at you out of a fire hose. The media presence is so omnipotent between your smartphone, social media, the 24-hour news cycle. Everything is getting blasted at you so furiously that we forget a lot of historical precedents. We forget a lot of prior goings on. Like when you think about the vaccine mandate, as hard as they push that vaccine mandate on you. Okay, first of all, they lied because they said you couldn't get COVID if you got vaccinated, which we all know people who got vaccinated not only got COVID but died of COVID. Okay, so them forcing people out of a job who didn't want to take a non-working vaccine is egregious enough. But if you have a long enough memory, you realize not only did they not say they would mandate it, okay, and they flat out said. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it be mandatory. Okay, so not only did they mandate it after saying they didn't think it should be mandatory, but they mandated it after saying they didn't think it should be mandatory, but after also saying it was garbage when Donald Trump was developing it. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. Think about that. So he mandated the vaccine after telling you it was junk. Who the hell is going to take this thing? It's not going to go through all the safety trials. And then he turned around and said, you have to take it or you're fired. This is politics as usual. But the point I'm trying to make is the news cycle is so fast and furious now that liberals, liberals forgot how hard they were lied to. Okay, conservatives know how hard they were lied to. We didn't forget that this happened to us. But most of the country kept yelling at each other when we should have been yelling at the government. That's the biggest frustration with right now is there's no government accountability because we're always trying to process the news cycle in a way that reflects favorably on our party. This country has descended into a hamster wheel, okay, where we just run endlessly in a race to see who can win the next election. But the problem is we're still standing in the same spot when the race is over, which is on the hamster wheel, running with no regard for what's going on around us in the cage. Okay, the country has gotten so bad under Joe Biden, and we're not having that collective reckoning. Like, you're starting to see it in the polls. But believe me, if the matchup winds up being Biden-Trump, which it's not going to be, okay, there's no way they're both going to be on the ticket. If Trump gets the nomination, the Democrats will pull Biden and run somebody younger. And they will. And that's how politics works. And that's what they do well is play the long game. Right now, the big argument is, well, Biden's too old. He's a mess. We can't have a guy that old. And because every single Republican is making that argument. If they pull Biden off the ticket after Trump gets nominated, the Democrats get to use the Republicans argument against them. And that is what's going on. Like if Trump wins the nomination, he's not running against Biden. They're going to use Trump's age against him. Just the way Biden's age and condition is being used against Biden right now. Okay, that's how it'll work. If Trump gets the nomination, they nominate Newsom, and they go, Trump's too old. 
He's in trouble with the law. Mean tweets. Don't you get it? Mean tweet. That's what they're going to do. So you understand there is absolutely a scenario where Biden doesn't run again. But they're trying, they are trying like hell to get him off the ticket before it comes to that. Reason being is they want their nominee to have a longer ramp to run on. You see, if Biden's the nominee, you want a short ramp. That's why Trump is under 91 criminal indictments. They're trying to shorten the race Biden would need to run. That would be the goal. Just the way 2020 and COVID allowed Biden to stay home. We had a COVID variant that said, well, it's not safe to get out there and campaign. And that was their way of playing a prevent defense with a guy who couldn't be trusted in front of a microphone because they never knew what was going to come out of his mouth. And neither did he. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know, the, you know, the thing. OK, they couldn't trust him to run in 2020. Do you think there's any world where they're going to let him run a full race in 2024? The answer would be no. So understand. Trump is under 91 criminal indictments, mainly because they don't need him to be convicted in the court of law. They just need him to be convicted in the court of public opinion. And every day that Trump's on your TV in court is a day that Biden doesn't have to be out there campaigning. Understand, Barack Obama, as an incumbent president, was campaigning pretty aggressively at this point in his reelection bid. Donald Trump was campaigning pretty aggressively at this point in his reelection bid as was George W. Bush as an incumbent, as was Bill Clinton as an incumbent. He was campaigning pretty aggressively, mainly because it allowed him to bring his interns on the road. I believe that together we can make America great again. But the point is Biden's not out there doing these events because they're not allocating their fundraising towards commercials, towards campaign staff, towards widespread campaigning. So whenever you hear the comparison of, oh, Obama was behind at this point, Obama was 35 years younger than Biden is right now. Obama was an incumbent president that was out there actively making dozens and dozens of media appearances in an effort to rehabilitate his image and get people on board. Okay, so yes, other incumbents have been in Biden's position, but no, they didn't turn it around by being stuck at home. Okay, by being on in front of the media with a list of predetermined questions to answer and a list of reporters' names to call on. Okay, Biden is political theater. These guys at least had to get out there and run for reelection, try to extend the term. So when you look at his poll numbers, when you look at what's going on right now, it really is fascinating because they do not want this dude. They do not want this dude running again. Okay, how they get him off the ticket in the short term is the answer. That's the challenge, because if they are going to replace him on the ticket, they would rather for a younger for a younger candidate have a longer window because he can get out there as a little bit of a national unknown. You know, for as much as we know about Gavin Newsom, okay, most of the country doesn't follow California politics. And that's a good thing, because Gavin Newsom has transformed his state into the world's largest outdoor toilet. But he is a good politician. Okay, he's going to debate Ron DeSantis on Hannity. That was the deal. And so far as we know, that debate is still going down on November the 30th on Hannity's show next Thursday. And if that's the case, okay, that's a guy like Gavin Newsom very much leapfrogging over Joe Biden. I mean, if he's not running, what business does he have representing the Democratic Party on a national debate? 
unless he's in the business of creating the perception, okay, that he should be the eventual nominee. And that's what's going on. Gavin Newsom is campaigning without campaigning. I've always said this to you. In the Tour de France, they have an alternate cyclist who's not in the race, but he's riding along with the team in the helmet and the spandex. And he's pedaling along on his bicycle in case somebody has to drop out, at which point an alternate joins on behalf of the team. That is Gavin Newsom right now. He says he's not running. And he's right. He's not running. He's pedaling along on a bicycle in case somebody drops out. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. And he's doing all the right things politically. Because what is he ultimately going to say? Well, he's been asked multiple times whether or not he's running in 2024. And he's always said, no, I don't have any interest in running. Come on, don't bullshit. But that's what he said. He's flat out said what? Joe Biden's an able president. That He's capable of doing this for another four years. That is a lie. But he said it. Why? Because the harder he goes on behalf of Biden, the easier it's going to be for him to ultimately step in by saying what? Well, I love Joe Biden. I think he's the best guy for the job. You don't have a clue. But even so, he allows to position himself as a reluctant nominee who's just doing it because he cares about the country. That's what's going on. No, I had no interest in running. I just went and flew over to China and met with Xi Jinping because I had some free time in my schedule. I just stopped by the war zone in Israel, you know, because I had some time between meetings. I wasn't interested in running. I wasn't trying to establish myself on the world stage. No, I was just here to help Gavin Newsom, uh, Joe Biden. Freudian slip by me because he was just there to help Gavin Newsom. And that's what they're ultimately going to try to do. People keep saying, oh, the Democrats don't have a plan. Maybe they don't. But Gavin Newsom sure does. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Monday. We're back in New York on the radio We'll be on your TV at 5 p.m. today. I am helping the cast of The Five light the Fox News Christmas tree. Uh, Right now, Joe Biden's presidential aspirations uh, to be a two-term president aren't looking great. Democrats historically cannot win the White House without overwhelming support of black voters and young voters. Okay, Biden is now losing by about 28 points. He's lost support, the support of Generation Z. And uh, I don't know that he's going to lose the black vote. Uh, But if Cardi B has her way, one of the most prominent female rappers in the world, uh, he very well may. Here's Cardi B on Instagram slamming budget cuts in New York City under this president, clip 18. How is that a $100 million budget cut in New York City for for, um, schools, library, uh, police safety, and sanitation, yeah, Joe Biden's talking about, like, yeah, we could fund two wars, $120 million budget cut on schools, libraries, police department, and sanitation. New York is already super dirty. <laughs> so that's Car- Cardi B saying, you know, we're cutting $100 million in schools, libraries, police safety, and sanitation 
But Biden's talking about, yeah, we can fund two wars. Okay, she's not wrong. And that's one of the reasons why he is as unpopular as he is. If you ask the American people, should we send another dollar, another dollar to Ukraine? (laughs) No, they absolutely not, because we haven't even defined victory. What would constitute victory in Ukraine? What they haven't told us. They haven't said we're doing. Oh, we're protecting democracy. They don't have elections. They're not having an election. Does that sound like democracy to you? They can't. They're not voting. Okay, and we didn't vote to send all this money to Ukraine. I'm not saying I support Putin, but every time you ask for an audit of the money being sent to Ukraine, what do you hear? What are you, a Putin puppet? Whose side are you on? What do you work for, the Kremlin? And that's not what you're saying when you raise that point. You raise that point because everything in this country is crumbling. Okay, yet we're out there subsidizing both sides of the war in Ukraine because our domestic energy production is what's giving Putin the riches and the financial wherewithal to invade Ukraine. Just the same as our domestic energy production has taken Iran from $4 billion in reserves to $70 billion in reserves. Iran is the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. They're the ones funding Hezbollah. They're the ones funding Hamas. They're the reason we also have to fund Israel at the same time. And that's the reason why Cardi B is as mad as she is. It's because when you look around at the deteriorating quality of life in this country, when you look at the overrun southern border, you can't help but feel that you're living in a world. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And we are fired up. Big hour coming your way. A Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to have some FaceTime with one of my good buddies, the co-host of America's Newsroom. Bill Hammer is joining us uh, to sum up the state of the 2024 Republican race for the nomination. Ron DeSantis, of course, came out of the gate with high expectations, all the money in the world. and. <laughs> currently third uh, in most polls, uh, but he was making the media rounds over the weekend and said Trump can't win the general. This guy will say anything. Okay, DeSantis is in a really tough spot because he was trying to position himself as the Trump alternative, saying, hey, independents aren't going to vote for him. Young voters aren't going to vote for him. Wrong. Okay, DeSantis is really seeing his lane shrink, if only because Trump is beating Biden head to head in these general election matchups. I think he's got a point. Seriously, if you if your whole sale was Trump can't win the general and every poll has Trump winning the general, it's pretty hard for donors to keep on sending money towards DeSantis. And that's the challenge he's facing right now. Iowa is a must win. If DeSantis does not win Iowa, you understand he's getting killed in New Hampshire. Like he's in third by a long shot. He's also getting crushed by about 39 points in his home state of Florida. So it's hard for him to say he's a Trump alternative because right now he's not even a Haley alternative in a best case scenario because she's beating him in the first two nominating contests. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Now, I don't know if that'll be the case. Who knows? Maybe he's going to surprise us in Iowa. He gets a win, gets some fundraising, turns things around. Could be the case. I don't know that it's headed that way. 
But that's the uphill climb DeSantis is facing, and we're going to discuss it in this hour. 888-788-9910. We're back in New York where it really doesn't matter where we're broadcasting from. This show has no ideological barrier for entry. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No man. You can be a Republican, be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. All we ever ask is that you don't be a All right. Underway. Here we go. DeSantis goes on CNN yesterday. That's where he starts his rehabilitation effort. CNN is the worst. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, They're not great, though. Okay. But here is CNN. Here's his DeSantis trying to explain that Trump is a high-risk nominee. He's not wrong about that. But the problem is the polls aren't backing him up when he really desperately needs them to. You understand, like, Trump killing DeSantis is not the end of the world this early in the nominating process if Trump is losing the general election by 20 points in the polls, because then it's easy to go, look, yeah, I know he's beating me, but do you guys want to win the White House? You just want to nominate your favorite candidate. You know, because if it's all about winning the White House, then obviously Republicans should put their personal differences with any of these candidates aside. Okay, and just vote for the person who gives them the best chance to win the White House. Now, it is my firm belief that Trump will have a harder time in the general than people realize, if only because once he clinches the nomination, the Democrats are going to do everything they can to get a younger opponent in there. And they're going to use the age issue against Republicans just the same as Republicans have been using it against Democrats for the last, you know, three years of the Biden administration. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Do you know how much they're going to enjoy if they can somehow throw Newsom onto this ticket going, Trump's too old? And the Republicans will have paved the road for that level of argument. Not that Trump performs publicly the way Biden does. I mean, Biden is a disaster. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. For sure. But the minute Trump says one thing wrong on the campaign trail, they're going to be like, he's too old. The 25th Amendment, dementia. Okay, so here is DeSantis trying to make that case. Unfortunately, the polls aren't serving as a good backup to the argument. Clip eight. Donald Trump's a high-risk proposition as a nominee because I think the chance of him getting elected is small. Uh, But it's a low reward because he's going to be a lame duck on day one. Even if he could get elected, he would not be able to attract the type of talent to work in his administration. And he'd be saddled with all these distractions that would be virtually impossible uh, to get the job done. Well, I, I wouldn't be running unless I thought that, that the Democrats would, would beat Trump if he were the nominee. They're going very easy on him right now. I mean, they're, they're not saying much. It, the minute if he were to be the nominee, I mean, you're going to see uh, scorched earth. You're going to see all the stuff uh, uh, brought up from, from the past. And the whole election will end up being uh, a referendum on Donald Trump. And Biden will be able to hang out in the basement. And I think he'll be able uh, to get away with it again. Listen, he's not wrong when he says that. Okay, everybody in the media who's saying Biden doesn't know where he is will be telling you Biden is sharp as a tack if Biden winds up being the nominee. The media is a bunch of losers. Totally. They're trying. They don't want Biden to run. But if Biden happens to be the guy on the ticket, believe me, they're going to stump with all the fiber in their being because they want a liberal in the White House. Even if the liberal doesn't know he's in the White House half the time he happens to be there right now. That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. Maybe so. But here is Richard Blumenthal with a straight face telling us Biden is the best candidate for 2024. Clip nine. I think he is the best candidate for 2024. I have confidence that he will overcome those poll numbers 
we're a year away. But remember, even more important than the polls are what voters are doing. In the most recent elections in Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, they showed that they prefer the Biden record of accomplishment over the mega extremism. Oh, goodness. That is offensive, and it is not true. Okay, the issues they voted over uh, in Kentucky, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, these were local elections. It's not a referendum on Trump versus Biden. It's not a national, it's not a national referendum. But Blumenthal is as hardcore of a Biden supporter as there is. Okay, he is a human shield for the establishment. So it doesn't surprise me that he would try to make that case. But believe me, if the Democratic Party at a national level thought Biden was the guy, you wouldn't have folks like Joe Manchin out there making the media rounds and floating the possibility of a third party run. Here is Manchin clip 10. Do you think President Biden and Vice President Harris are the strongest ticket to represent the Democratic Party in 2024? Not in the centrist part. No, I don't. And they know how I feel. This is not a. I do not believe that they are basically where Joe Biden has come from and just go back to the campaign. He's been here for long. He understands the system. And I think he's a good man. And we have good conversations. We just disagree. You're going too far left. I can't go there. I admire your honesty. And that's what he's saying. Biden's gone too far to the left. Now, that part is true. Okay, Biden has, for all intents and purposes, just been an iTunes user agreement of a president. They've told him how to govern. Scroll to the bottom of this user agreement and click I agree. You don't have to read any of it. If you want your pudding cup, scroll to the bottom and click I agree. That has been the Biden administration, completely unmoored, completely transactional. No compass to speak of whatsoever in terms of his own leadership vision for the country. He has let the far left wing of this party run our country. That's why they got in and killed 10,000 Keystone Energy Pipeline jobs. They sacrificed them at the altar of environmental virtue signaling. And then what did they have to do? Go out and import energy from third world dictators down in Venezuela, who, by the way, burn fuel filthier than we do and require even more fuel just to get it back into the country. So they killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline to show that we were serious about cutting pollution and in the process raised the levels of pollution by doing it. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Everything Biden has done is stupid. And traditionally, DeSantis would have an easier time as a young 50-something governor who won re-election by overwhelming majorities in Florida on a historic level. He won Dade County. He carried the Latino vote as a Republican. He took Florida, which has been considered a swing state in the last three general elections, and turned it firmly red. Okay, Ron DeSantis did that, deserves all the credit in the world for doing so. But his problem in trying to knock Trump off is Trump is an incumbent. And uh, in his own, you know— Effect, you know, because he's done the job once. Okay, he's not a current sitting incumbent, but I mean, he is a party incumbent. Okay, he won the presidency, lost in a close reelection bid. Okay, and sits here with a record that's exponentially better than the current guy in office. For that reason, DeSantis has had a really hard time closing the gap. Okay, because people don't see him as the Biden alternative. They very prominently see, you know, Trump as the Biden alternative. And it's one of the reasons Trump's poll numbers are so good. 
If the world was better off under Biden's leadership than it was under Trump, believe me, a guy under 91 indictments would be a non-entity in this primary. But the reality is the world is not better off under Biden, which is exactly why Trump is under 91 indictments. Okay, they're out here weaponizing the justice system. A lot of people see through it. And they just want to get back to an America where we have the luxury of pretending that mean tweets are a hardship of some sort. Okay, but that was life under Trump. The border was better. The economy was better. Crime was better. Gas was better. Okay, your family was safer. Understand that's a reality under Donald Trump that you no longer live in under Joe Biden. Hence all of the weaponization of our justice system. Okay, here is DeSantis. Okay, trying to turn this thing around as a guy who, by all accounts, should crush Joe Biden. But his problem in this moment is, okay, he can't change the conversation away from the this or that that Trump and Biden are currently engaged in. Okay, you go with this, what we got under Biden, or you go with that, what we had under Trump. And understand the challenge for DeSantis, and I really feel for him in this regard, is that he's not wrong about the points that he's making. When it comes to Trump, when it comes to the general election. okay. if Trump wins, he is a lame duck president the first day he goes into office. Based on prior elections, he's going to be a disaster down ballot for Republicans. They wouldn't expect Trump to get back into office with majorities in the Senate and the House, which means for the bare minimum, the first two years of Trump's term, he can't do anything. Okay, so Trump winning is basically what serving you in one of two ways. There are a lot of people out there really bitter and burned by the 2020 election that don't trust the integrity of that election. And for good reason, we voted in a very unprecedented manner. That doesn't mean it was stolen. I don't have that proof, but it does mean there was a lot of chicanery. Okay, and there were a lot of laws changed at a state level that allowed Democrats to juice turnout by piggybacking off of covid in a way that got people who had absolutely no enthusiasm for Joe Biden to vote for him at the highest level of support in history. Understand, according to the 2020 election, Joe Biden is more popular than Barack Obama. Don't be thick, all right? Barack Obama, the guy that was selling out football stadiums for his rallies, they want you to believe that Joe Biden, who didn't have rallies, and when he did only drew 12 people, was somehow more popular than Barack Obama was. Now, you know that's not the truth. Okay, obviously there was a big, strong showing of support for anyone but Trump. Trump had high negatives. Most of the Democrats voted for anyone but Trump. That was Biden's appeal. But the reality is most people can't look at Joe Biden on a day-to-day basis and go, nah, this is the highest, (laughs) this is the sharpest, this is the most galvanizing political figure of our lifetime. Nobody looks at Biden and believes that. So I understand there's a lot of people out there that don't trust the legitimacy of the 2020 election. Fair. okay. And then there's just a lot of people out there that want to vote for Trump because they think he has the best chance to beat Biden and anybody's better than Biden. Those are the two primal factors. But if your actual goal is to fundamentally change Washington, Trump can't actually do that. Like, I'm not lying. I, you know, I don't owe you that as a radio host. He can't actually do that. Like, he can get in there and avenge 2020. He can get in there and sign some executive orders, which is great. But in terms of them passing legislation with the types of, you know, majorities that will fundamentally change the way business is done in Washington, you can't do that as a lame duck president. That's like first term stuff. 
Okay, to Trump's credit, he tried that in his first term uh, the last time around. But a lot of Washington, a lot of establishment Republican politicians didn't have his back. I mean, if you remember, Trump ran on one of the key promises of his you know, platform would be repeal and replace Obamacare. And when Trump got into office, his first domestic priority was repeal and replace Obamacare. That took precedence over the border wall. He wanted to symbolically gut Obamacare. But what did he come to find out the minute he got into office? That every single Republican who ran on repeal and replace Obamacare for eight years ultimately didn't have a plan when they got into power. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they did them. Okay, but the reality for right now is DeSantis, somebody like Nikki Haley, they're the best long-term vision for the country. But that might not be important in the moment we're living in, which is why DeSantis finds himself in the position he's in. Maybe the most qualified guy to leap from the governorship to the presidency with the best substantive record for providing for his people. That being said, he may not have any chance whatsoever. Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bill Hammer's coming up in the next break. We're also going to be joined at the end of the show by Joel Klatt, who's, of course, a Fox Sports reporter, uh, who is going to take me inside the Ohio State-Michigan matchup because this coming Saturday is the game. Uh, It's Lincoln's birthday. Lincoln turns 15 this coming Saturday, and he's not having his friend birthday party because he doesn't want it to interfere with the Ohio State-Michigan game. We are pumped up for that, and uh, Klatt's going to talk like X's and O's. We're going to have like a semi-serious sports interview. So uh, that'll happen, and you'll hear from Andy Engel, who's uh, the director of New Talent at the Gotham Comedy Club. He runs the Manhattan Comedy School, and that's a school you can take classes uh, in virtually from around the country if you ever wanted to try to learn stand-up comedy or polish your public speaking skills. Andy Engel would be the guy uh, to help you and give you some direction. So he's going to be joining us in the third hour. But right now it's you and me. We're talking very much about this 2024 race. Here is Jim Messina, who was Obama's campaign manager, saying this Joe Manchin fella is a real problem. Clip 17. This is a place where I do a little bedwetting. Um, when I'm sitting up at night, this is the thing I worry about. If Joe Manchin decides he wants to run on a third-party ticket, that could elect Donald Trump. And we need to be very clear about some of these third-party candidacies. I think RFK Jr. is different. I think he's speaking at CPAC. He's talking about MAGA stuff. I think in the end he takes votes away from Trump, not Biden. Um, but I think a third party with a Democrat on it could be difficult, and that's why I've been so critical of these stupid efforts. You know, when people want to play around with American politics, we could actually get rid of democracy in the middle of this. So I think we need to be very, very careful about what we do. This is about democracy. That was embarrassing. It really is embarrassing, though. Like, I get his concerns over Joe Manchin. But the idea that electing Trump is the end of democracy. Not even close. (laughs) Trump is not jailing his political opponents. Biden is. Okay, but this is what the argument has come down to. Whenever they're selling you an emotionalist vagary, it's the end of democracy. It's the battle for the soul of our nation. And do you know what we said in the summer of 2020? We said, how would exactly winning the soul of our nation 
actually improve the quality of life. As it turns out, it didn't. It took your quality of life backwards in every way, which is also the same category of we've got to save democracy. They're not saving anything other than their asses. And I don't think that's going to happen, to be quite honest with you, girlfriend. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the house band sounds fired up, it's because they are. Joining us now, one half of the dynamic duo we call America's Newsroom. Uh, Fox News franchise QB. Here the crowd goes wild. Tell you what. Listen to the crowd. Listen to the band. Fired up. It's been a minute since I've seen you, by the way. So I don't don't know what you're in for here, but I think you better get ready. It's it's a... (laughs) It's been a minute and several Bengals quarterbacks oh, since we last spoke. Oh, the dagger. Let's just get it out slices. of the way. I wasn't even taking a Do shot at you. Aorta. Uh, can I tell you something? Yo. I I was this close because I, I was engaged in a brief conversation with Dana on Saturday. Uh-huh. I was this close. Here? I was, yeah, uh, no, I was via text. I was smoking a cigar in Naples, Florida. Dig it. And I almost hit you in the ribs with a fastball because I was in a chippy mood. Yeah. But, of course, I took the high road. I appreciate you being that. being a pal and all. Me knowing that you care the way you do. Yeah. Uh, but I will say this really quick, Hammer. If you look around at the state of that division, I don't think you could feel like the thing, the season's over. The, St- the Steelers are bad. The Browns are doing uh, it without Deshaun Watson. The Steelers are a capable team. Yes. Um, the Browns without Deshaun Watson, they're highly vulnerable. But their front four on defense is really – I mean, Miles Garrett. Garrett is – he's insane. Yes. And Baltimore's a really solid team, Super yeah. Bowl contender right now. Yeah, good. they're playing I mean, that now. doesn't make me feel any better. The only <laughs> thing that's going to make me feel any better, Jimmy, mm-hmm. is whether or not Jake Browning is better than I think he is. Yeah, and I don't know where the bar is on that one, Bill. Well, Hammer. he played at Washington. Yes. He's been in the league for about four or five years. Never really gotten an opportunity. There's that. You know what he said? Mm. <clears throat> Sorry not to go down the no, deep let's, hole. No, let's go. After the game, he said, how'd you feel? He said, I was calm the entire time. Mm. And that's why he's on the team, because yeah. that's how he and Burrow get along. Yeah, really well. Because they're cool cats. Okay. and he's you know. Anyway, go, that, go, no, go. Listen to me. Yeah, that go. composure matters, especially if you're a coming thou- in as a backup. you got to command a respect A thousand percent. Now, if he can show me he's got the speed of Brock Purdy, we're on to something. Hey, girl, uh, let's talk about it. Because one thing about calm in the huddle that I never, ever forgot. Do you remember that famous story? And I'm not, I don't mean to keep hitting on the Bengals, but the Joe Montana Super Bowl where he looked into the crowd and said, is that John Candy? Yes. Like, that stuff goes such a long way on in the, the huddle. On the final drive. Which is why I think... Bur- Burrow's like that. Uh, that's what I mean. And let's hope some of that rubbed off. Yeah. And maybe there's still Here's a shot Here's the problem here. I got here is that, you know, I'm just starting to see things from my guy. Yeah. You know, it's this. It's that. <laughs> it's the other. Damn it, Jimmy. <laughs> Hammer is here in a bad way. Oh, there was a chance, man. We're trying to get some chicken soup for the beleaguered Bengal fans. So Uh, I I don't know that it's out there. Well, listen, not not the only backup quarterback conversation making the rounds. When you hear David Axelrod talk, uh, does it sound like (laughs) that's Barack Obama calling into sports talk radio? (laughs) Every single time. By the way, great transition on your part. (laughs) Talking about backup quarterback. I think the axe is always dropping a message. Yes. Twitter, uh-huh. interviews for sure. But let me tell you, mm-hmm. hey, there's only one person making this call. Yep. 
And, and that's, that's Robinette. Yep. Joseph Robinette Biden. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So let me ask you. He's this. in, by the way. He, like oh, all he, the, let me tell you, Jimmy, mm-hmm. I don't know how many other shrinks you have sit in the chair over uh-huh. here during the week, but uh-huh. I imagine it's a fairly good number. Decent, pretty and qualified. I, I bet a lot of people sit there and try and convince you that Biden's out. No. I'm here to tell you they're wrong. He's going. He's going for it. Yeah, that's what I mean. He'll be the nominee. No, listen, I believe he wants to do it. I think the challenge in replacing him is twofold, okay? One, logistically, doing it is impossible. He's an incumbent president. It's hard to get him out of there. And two is there's really, outside of Gavin Newsom, nobody who could immediately step in. You know, I think Newsom wants to step in. Can you imagine the shrapnel within the Democratic Party? Mm Mm-hmm. If he steps over Kamala Harris. Yes. Well, I know that's an issue. It is a problem. Well, that's where he has to get a VP who's a woman of color, which opens it up to Elizabeth Warren. Hey, yo, there it is. I got a million of them. How I'm many- here in Toledo. <laughs> it's Friday night, folks. Let's get them. And I love Toledo. Oh, we love Toledo. I just got back from Naples, Hammer. That's where I oh, was. But wow, you love Naples. Naples? I got to tell you, hey. nice little town. I, I know. It I is. Know, a, I, I, know. I know. They're doing all right yeah, down in Naples, right. man. Yeah. I, I, I was actually blown away by the quality of everything, and the audiences were outrageous. You can't offend a Florida audience, but uh. believe me, I tried. <laughs> I gave it all. We even trotted out my man byron donalds came to the late show saturday wow. night with his wife uh-huh. had a lot of laughs and we roughed up that crowd like fierce nice but he was a great sport about it it was his district they took the beating man good for you yeah they get comedy they I do it. right on so hammer says they've Biden's- got no money in naples by the way <laughs> i know we gotta start a gofundme for <laughs> oh naples. my gosh when is their ship holy <laughs> chamber of commerce every <laughs> every establishment i walked into to get a meal they're like sorry we're not hiring uh-huh. i'm like no no i'm a customer i, I work in tv <laughs> That was like, it was unbelievable. I dig uh, it. But we're talking to the great Bill Hammer, co-host yes. of America's Newsroom, a man who really needs no introduction. Mm. But the point they keep making about Biden winning this thing is everybody likes to harken back to Obama's poll numbers at this stage in his reelection bid. But I think the challenge for Biden, assuming you're right and he stays on the ticket, is I don't know that he's the, camp- the capable campaigner that Barack Obama was to turn this thing around. A thousand percent, you're right about that. The mm-hmm. campaign's going to be run on social media. Yeah. The, the, the left owns digital technology in yep. Silicon Valley. Yep. They got the joint wired. Yeah. They do it better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Republicans are trying to catch up. They've yeah. got a few people who are now on the team in certain capacities that actually know what they're doing. Yep. Um, and I've, I've seen their plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. But it's the first time I've ever seen a plan. Okay. I can tell you this, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. In 2008, in the summer, Democratic Convention is in Denver, Colorado. Remember that. There are three nights that are a conventional convention mm-hmm. inside of an arena holds 18,000, 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. The fourth night is an Invesco field. Where the Broncos play. Where the Broncos play. The pillars, play. The, the Roman columns. Se- and the, you, yeah. you remember this. Yeah, yeah. 73,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe I'm giving much away because mm-hmm. I think if he were sitting here, he'd admit it. But David Plouffe came to Fox and he gave us uh, a meeting that afternoon. Uh-huh. And he pretty much said, you guys can write whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. The banner's on your screen. You can read whatever you want. I know what you're saying. We're coronating the king. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's this Romanesque setting. Yeah. We don't care. <laughs> says you can say or write whatever you want. All we care is that 73,000 people can fit inside that stadium. Mm-hmm. In t- 2008 now, yeah. 
And tonight, we're going to get 73,000 cell phone numbers from people who live in the state. Uh And we're going to work through two or three other people who they are friends or family with. Uh And we're going to work for their vote, too. Mm -hmm. And we're going to win the state of Colorado. Wow. So last week, Mm -hmm. um, after the uh, election in Virginia, David Pluff was on MSNBC. Uh He was on a panel with three other people. In my opinion, you don't need anyone else. Yeah. Pluff's got the big brain. He knows where boats are wired. He knows. He's the wolf. He knows silicon. He's the wolf. In 2008, he was the guy seeing the future. And they're running it still. It's the same playbook 15 years later. All he talked about in that interview was the data that they can learn from people who chose to vote in Ohio. Kentucky wow. and Virginia in the vote the night before. Wow, that's fascinating. Was that some stuff. value added? No, was it ever? Bill Hemmer exceeding the bar is high. I mean, and this is a, this is a high bar. This like a, so. A, my point is, uh-huh. my my overarching point is that Democrats have been light years ahead of Republicans in trying to reach voters where they live now: mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, yep. Twitter, WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, well, uh, tic- Snapchat, tic- TikTok, and they're all yeah, out there. You got it. Yep. The one person who broke through that mm-hmm. and raised money effectively, you can't run a national campaign in America unless you're on Facebook. Yep. And Donald Trump was on Facebook in a big way yeah. and raised a ton of loot from big, Facebook, big which job. is what you need to do to win national elections. Yeah, so I think that's going to be the challenge for whoever the Republican nominee winds up being. I, you know, if it if it's, goes today, it's going to be Trump going away. Um, when I was in Florida over the weekend, this is an interesting tell uh, because I do a significant chunk on the back end of my act about the 2024 election. A, a very scattered applause for the Florida governor in his home state. Uh-huh. I'm reading that he's now trailing Trump by 39 in Florida. Wasn't like a standing ovation. Or no, something. no, no. I the, mean, they were hit with that hurricane, weren't they? Yeah. It was nearby anyway, yeah. I think. Fort mm-hmm. Myers? Yeah, it's Fort Myers. Okay. That little airport over there. That's actually where I flew in and out of, to uh, go to Naples. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it's a home run. So not, it's actually a nice airport. But, I mean, DeSantis did a hell of a job for those people. He, did he ever? Right, but he got the bridge open in three days, which uh, don't happen. Is not common. I mean, that is not. <laughs> it's usually years, exploratory committees, yeah. shakedowns, focus groups, study the environment. <laughs> no, get the people off the island. Yep, and he did. No, he deserves all the credit in the mm-hmm. world for that hammer. So I think it's going to be interesting. But I think your analysis in terms of Biden is spot on because if you don't want to go, you can't get him off the ticket. Yeah, you just can't. So only happened. A uh, 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 one termer has only chosen to leave the ticket. That LBJ? I I think you were born in 1988. So stop it. Um, in my lifetime, yeah. anyway, uh-huh. uh, LBJ is the only person who has surrendered the seat. Wow. It's a hard thing to give up, and yeah. Biden's not going to. No, I think he wants. I think he wants the gig take too. And I think what's going to ultimately happen is for the Republicans. I guess the challenge becomes, you know, on some small scale. There is I don't, I, maybe I'm minimizing. I don't think it's a small scale. I think there's two things motivating the Republican base right now. I think one is straight revenge. I think 2020 plays into Trump's hands in the sense that people see politics now as a team sport more than they ever have and just want to get back the win. I think they just want to get back into the win column. I think he go, would go in with a lot of challenges as a lame duck president. And I think that would be the sell for a guy like DeSantis to position himself in the general as a Trump alternative, if only because he can do things. But the yeah. problem is you can't really sell yourself as Trump can't win the general if the polling has Trump winning the general. So who do you think is more disappointed in the polls right now that show Trump beating Biden? Do you think the Biden camp is more disappointed or the DeSantis camp? Well, uh, fair point. Um, probably both. 
Yeah. That's what I'd say. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of things in that polling that I think really stick out at me. Mm-hmm. Um, people between the ages of 18 and 34 are profoundly disappointed in Joe Biden. I, mm-hmm. th- this doesn't happen. Yeah, it's weird. And I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if there's an age factor there. Probably is. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that group, they they expressed in this NBC poll that 70 percent of them were disappointed with the war against Hamas. Yeah. I mean, 60 days ago, Jimmy, if you had told me that, I would have said, you're crazy. Yeah, it seems not. I said, but it's happening. Yeah. And it it goes to the fight within the party about mm-hmm. where you should or should not stand with Israel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I don't know. We all know who, who crossed the wall on October you, 7th. Yeah. You, can, you, can, you need to be on the right side of history on this issue. And, yeah. And the, the waters are muddied on that side. Mm-hmm. The other thing I will share with you is that Trump had an appearance over the weekend in Iowa. Mm-hmm. I forget the city. I should know it. I forget it. Oh, it was a Tumwa. Thank you. Very good. Boom. Hot diggity dog dog. Um, I'd listen probably to 20, 25 minutes of it, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't bombastic. He wasn't yelling. Sometimes he would reach a crescendo with his voice, but not often. Um, but I was just thinking about the issues he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, he's got a lot to shoot at here. Yeah. You know, in terms of political targets. Yeah. And I was wondering, you know, during the election, and I'm going to have to go back and figure it out, but 2016 with Hillary, I, I, like, if you're a Republican, there's kind of a target-rich environment out there. Yeah. And that, that's what he's going to run on. Mm-hmm. And he might win on it. Yep. And I think, in my view, and I'll go back and check this out, that the list is a lot longer now than it was in the summer of 2016. Oh, is it ever? Okay. When you look at the quality of life deterioration under this president— uh, you know, seventy. What are we at? Seventy-three percent think we're headed in the wrong direction. That alone yeah. is a pretty all-encompassing number that's hard to get yeah, over. Yeah, I would just tick off inflation. You yeah, know, the, the water, which could be better. Mm-hmm. Inflation could. The yeah. Fed could cut half a point by June. Yeah, it could help them out. Boom. There. The border is a big problem. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to linger for a long time in ways that we cannot yet predict. For sure. You know what else I think is a big advantage? The fact that he didn't actually get us into wars, because I don't think the appetite is here to subsidize conflict on the other side of the world. I know it exists in Congress, but I don't think it exists on the ground in the average small town. So he's not going to stop the war in Ukraine. No, I know that. I'm aware. And the Hamas war may have subsided by then. But But, but your larger point is very well taken. And you know what he might do? We had four years and we had no war. Yeah, we had no war. uh, And the border was in much better shape. But this is the one thing you know Trump won't do, which is send money to Iran. Okay, and that's pretty popular back here. Hammer, last question. We are lighting the Fox News tree today. Now, as yes. you, I'll, I'll be out there with the cast of the five, you know, because they get to stay indoors what where it's do? warm. Do you dress up like Santa? Or what no, you? not quite a Santa. I'll be in uh, like a Christmas tuxedo jacket interviewing people on the street. Because, awesome. you know, the cast of the five doesn't they're, – they're inside where the controlled temperatures are. They play in a dome. They come out when it's time to hit the button and yell happy holidays, <laughs> you know, flanked by hair and makeup and their handlers and everything in between. Jimmy will be out there at Lambeau Field uh, right. making it work. Ah, uh, the frozen tundra. Yeah, yeah. Folks. <laughs> you were – Worst places to be, but we're giving you an assignment as the uh, holiday season officially gets underway here okay. at Fox. Okay, you go. Uh, and you know it starts with two tree lightings. We light it ourselves, and then somebody sets it on fire a <laughs> See, week and a half later. Let's not continue that pattern, no, but, no. but it has we're been gonna, established. We're going <laughs> to try to keep it to one this year. Uh, but last year, at sort of the conclusion of the holiday season, as we were about a week from Christmas, you gave us a fantastic Christmas album recommendation. Uh-huh. We are going to task you with doing so again this year. Okay, right And on. you have to remember that we know 
know it's Johnny Mathis and okay. that we played it on Christmas Eve and it was a significant part of my Christmas. This year, your challenge is you got it. You can't be in a sophomore slump. We need to come. Uh-huh. You need to go two for two. Got it. Dig it. No yep. problem. I accept your challenge. But here's what I'm going to say about the Johnny Mathis thing. I think you recorded 15 Christmas albums, but yeah. only one. Mm-hmm. With the Percy Faith Orchestra. That's the one. That was the recommendation I yeah. gave. I just want to... That's fun. No, but, no, I loved foot, it. Footnote clarification necessary. No, it matters. And Hammer, to be to his credit, he stuck the landing. And it's very hard because we're all so regimented in our Christmas music at this uh-huh. point. You know how they say you don't make friends above the age of like 40? Yeah. You don't really switch Christmas albums above the age yeah. of 40. You've been yeah. listening to them your whole life. Well, I got a but couple crack, of ideas. You I'll, crack the rotation. Oh, I appreciate that. Right. Thank you. The Thank Hammer, by the way, that's mm-hmm. high praise from you. No, it matters. So I will take it. It matters. Anything that can get Elvis Blue Christmas out of the rotation for five minutes is is a significant accomplishment in its own right. Bill Hammer, best of the best. Good luck this week. Thank you, brother. Talk soon. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Back in New York. We were on the road. We were in Nashville. We were in Naples. Crowds were incredible in all locations. Uh, really thankful for that turnout down in Naples. Uh, so great. The meet and greets were hilarious. The one thing about uh, going on the road, and uh, I will be in Carson, Nevada at the Nugget next Saturday night, December the 2nd. Is you? Uh, this is what I love about going on the road. Is you get to meet who's listening. You know what I mean. And you you get a feel for the energy that comes back at you. You know what you're putting into these into this radio microphone every day is what ultimately shows up to your show. If you're an angry broadcaster, you probably attract a really angry crowd. Okay, what I attract is a bunch of goofballs. People who love the country. They're common sense smart. But they're all hilarious. Like, no one gets thrown out of one of our shows. There's no, like, you know, a-hole hecklers. You know, people yell stuff out. I do a Q&A and beat them up pretty good. But the crowd as a whole is like, I'm actually proud of it. So if you're on the road, you know, you're in the market to come see a radio buddy, uh, Saturday night, December the 2nd at the Carson Nugget in Carson, Nevada, December the 9th at Texas Music City out there in Tyler, Texas, KTBB. And then December the 16th, we will be down at the Palm Beach Kennel Club. That's a thing. Me, Sully, the whole Barnyard Jamboree, that's Saturday night, December the 16th. So you got three good options as the year comes to a close. And we get ready for the next hour of this show, an hour that will include sports reporter Joel Klatt from Fox Sports talking Ohio State-Michigan because that's the biggest football game in the world this week. And my man Andy Engel from the Manhattan Comedy School talks about SNL. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go, here we go. Big hour coming up of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, your source for top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. This country is a mess. A lot of the policies that got it into the position it's in, we are talking about far-left liberalism getting struck down in Argentina yesterday where they elected a libertarian outsider congressman who is being called the Donald Trump of South America. Is the true? I don't know. But what I can point to is the reality that people who live in countries 
where they implemented far-left policies have taken a major step back in their quality of life. He knows what he's talking about. And I will talk about it in this hour with Andy Engel. Andy Engel is the founder of the Manhattan Comedy School. He's the first person I ever met in showbiz uh, who actually worked in showbiz, and they have virtual classes. actually a good holiday gift if you know somebody who wants to do comedy or work on their public speaking, but he's just a friend and I wanted to have him on. And uh, at the end of the hour, we're going to talk to Joel Klatt from Fox Sports because this Saturday, in addition to being Lincoln Fayla's 15th birthday, it is the Ohio State-Michigan game. And we've got to get a preview on that before all the sports reporters fly out to Ann Arbor and start slamming drinks in the bar. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Stop it. Fat, drunk, and stupid was a great way to go through this past weekend. I was in Nashville for the Patriot Awards. Then I was down in Naples, Florida. Take a bow, Naples. Four sold-out shows. You sure know how to make a girl feel special. Uh, but I was not, over the weekend, the recipient of the most public affection. It was uh, Javier Mali. Or is it Malai? Did I miss that one? I want to disrespect the guy. It was such a significant accomplishment. But he is a member of the Liberty Advances Party, and they won a major upset victory against the center-left candidate on a vow to do nothing more, nothing less than crush the size of the government. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Okay. One of the biggest causes in terms of the erosion of support being faced by Joe Biden right now is the fact that he has presided over one of the most radical expansions of our federal government we've ever seen. And when you have that type of expansion of bureaucracy, it winds up costing people a lot of money. And by people, I mean you and me, the taxpayer. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. So what's interesting in this moment, and we're not going to get dive too far into Argentinian politics, is you're very much seeing uh, an echo of what we saw in 2016. If you remember, Trump won the 2016 election shortly after Brexit, after people in Great Britain decided to exit the European Union because of the impact it was having on their own tax dollar, because of the mass migration that had ensued in England and created a lot of unrest in the streets of London. Okay, people wanted out of Brexit because they didn't want the policies, okay, of Eastern Europe to drag down the quality of life in Western Europe. Okay, and that's ultimately what you see in Argentina. They did not want that runaway tax bill for the rest of their lives. Thanks, big government weenuses. So they ultimately rejected it. And what a lot of people are saying is you could be seeing kind of an echo of 2016 here in 2024. 73% of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction under Joe Biden. That does make a guy like Trump, who's vowing to drain the swamp, very appealing. Now, whether or not he drains the swamp is beyond me. I don't know that he's going to get it done. Trump would get sworn in as a lame duck president on day one. But the fact remains they don't want more of this. And I think the way the people of Argentina feel is very much a reflection of the way the people of America feel. They've seen their day-to-day life, okay, get a lot harder. They've seen things be prioritized that they themselves didn't care about. Like this government is all in on climate change, but the American people don't go to the polls based on climate change, which is why the biggest climate bill in the history of our country was passed under the guise of inflation reduction. They knew people wanted to bring down the cost of inflation. Okay, did the Inflation Reduction Act even do that? (laughs) Nope, didn't even attempt to do that. 
but they knew it was a popular cause, so they used it as a Trojan horse for their pet project of climate change. This is politics as usual. But a lot of people are sick of politics as usual. So what you see down in Argentina is very much a warning shot to the big government liberals and certainly big government Republicans that are out there. And make no mistake about it, a lot of these establishment Republicans love to yell at you about being fiscally conservative. But when they get into office, the first thing they do is drive up spending because spending is popular in their district. But at this moment, we're $33 trillion in debt. And when you're bringing in 8 to 10 million illegal immigrants under Joe Biden, that debt is only going to go up. So is there a rejection of that type of thinking happening at the polls right now? Absolutely. Now, for Biden, a big percentage of what's driving down his support is that he said the right things when it comes to Israel. He's not doing the right things. He's been, you know, basically an extension of Obama 2.0 when it comes to foreign policy. He has given tremendous amounts of aid to Iran, Iran being the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. That has made life a lot harder on our allies in the Middle East because Iran ultimately sponsors and funds all the proxy attacks on our interests. One of the reasons American interests in the region have been hit over 50 times is because those little militia groups have the money and the wherewithal to attack us because of the cash we're giving to Iran. Biden is such a disaster. Big time. So when you look out at 2024, Biden's in a tough spot because he's made the country come second at every turn. But that hasn't necessarily even helped him with any particular wing of his party because the young wing of the Liberal Party actually supports Hamas. They're crazy. They're They're just stupid. Okay, they're just stupid. When you hear things like queers for Palestine, it's the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your life because the people of Gaza don't acknowledge your right to exist as a L, G, B, T, or Q. Or a plus, whatever a plus happens to be. I'm not disparaging you or just off the top of my head. I'm not familiar. But the point is, there's not a single wing of the LGBTQIA plus dollar sign pound uh, exclamation point movement that Gaza is on board with. So that support is a risk. It's an issue for Biden because he's trying to appease stupid people. At the same time, he needs to appeal to smart people. And it's pretty hard to do both. But it's especially hard when you're a president like Biden, who's in his late hundreds and doesn't know where he's going half the time. We have a president that is clearly not all there. But if we're talking about the election in Argentina, it's because it really is a reflection of how people feel here. People don't want more government in their lives. They want less. Everywhere you go where you get more government, you always wind up wanting less. Why? Because government drives up the cost of everything, and they're not necessarily better at it. Okay, when you look at government's response to the pandemic, okay, they plunged us further into debt. They didn't, didn't, did not actually lower the COVID deaths. They did not lower the COVID sicknesses with masks. Why? Because they didn't work. Okay, we have no concrete proof to point to that making everybody get vaccinated served any benefit whatsoever because vaccinated people died of COVID in massive numbers. Okay, think about that. It was not a vaccine. You could tell me it was a therapeutic, but I don't even know if it worked as a therapeutic. Ninety nine percent of the people who got COVID lived, whether they were vaccinated or not, going all the way back to day one when the pandemic hit. Our overall clearance is ninety nine percent. 
So when you tell me, ah, oh, people got vaccinated and that kept them from dying, it'd be pretty hard to quantify as a society how the vaccine made the numbers any better. But we know where they made them worse. Vaccine made it worse for small businesses where you couldn't hire employees unless they'd been vaccinated. It made it worse for small businesses where people couldn't go shopping unless they'd been vaccinated. Okay, it made it worse for small businesses because they implemented what? Okay, enhanced unemployment benefits that paid people more money to stay home than it did to go to work. That's the government crushing small businesses. Along the way, the government implemented mask closure, mass closures of, of schools while sending their own kids to private schools. They closed public schools while sending their own kids to private schools. And we now know the government response to COVID set the average kid back almost a year when it comes to academic gains. I love the poorly educated. Okay, then you talk about the social disorders that ensued from kids being masked and not being able to read the cues from the teacher. From the kids that were stuck at home and not getting socialized, from the kids who weren't able to play sports, from the kids who weren't able to get exercise and go to gym. Okay, the government response to COVID made the quality of life exponentially worse. So when you see the rejection of big government in a place like Argentina, okay, it's people having a reckoning with exactly what they're trying to foist onto you now in this administration, which is the government telling you what you can drive the government telling you what you can eat. I mean, they're literally regulating pizza ovens in New York City right now. I mean, you really think about that with all that's going on. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Okay, but that's what they're doing. Okay, when you look at a record high of inflation because of this government's spending, inflation is the end result of too many dollars chasing after too few goods. Okay, that was COVID spending in a nutshell. You're tacking on trillions and trillions of dollars to a deficit. That is financial lunacy. Okay, and in the process, implementing mandates and regulations that make it exponentially harder for businesses to open and for people to shop in them, that's all the government's doing. So this isn't me telling you Trump is a layup in 2024, but it is is me telling you that America is coming to the same point in the road that the people of Argentina did. And that's that everything the government touched got a hell of a whole lot worse. Okay, and when you factor in the reality that this is a government, the current one that we're actually living under right now, that prioritizes woke initiatives more than anything else, that stuff's even more expensive. That stuff's even more restrictive when it comes to businesses and their ability to operate. I'm not saying we shouldn't be in a tolerant and inclusive society. I'm just saying we should be a society that puts merit above everything else when it comes to immigration. You don't want people coming here illegally. You want him, you want them coming here legally, and you want them coming here in a capacity where they can contribute to a greater good, which is what all legal migrants are trying to do. The people that are in line right now waiting to get their actual citizenship granted that went through the proper channels have been pushed to the back of the line by the 8 million people who've come here illegally. Okay, it's people who want big government, who want a radical expansion of our entitlement programs that encourage the mass migration we're seeing under Biden. But that's ultimately a cost that gets passed on to you as a consumer by the big government advocates. So when you look at Argentina in a nutshell, their political landscape is a lot different than ours. But the reality they woke up to heading into Election Day is the one we currently inhabit. It's a government that prioritizes everything but the little guy who's just busting his ass to get by, who just wants the government to stay the hell out of his way, let him earn his living.
Okay, they don't want the government making it harder to run a small business. They don't want the government making it harder to shop in a small business. You know, the Democrats like to tell you when it comes to abortion, the government needs to stay out of our bedrooms. They shouldn't be telling us. Okay, but that same party has put the government in every room of your house. Okay, they're filming an HGTV show in your house right now with the government right now between what you can drive in your driveway, what kind of oven you can cook in, what kind of hot water heater you can use, what kind of light bulbs you should have. Okay, that's the reality of right now. So Argentina is not America, but the mood in Argentina is very much the mood in America. Everything woke turns to It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to one of my good buddies in the next break. Andy Engel runs something called the Manhattan Comedy School. I will tell you all about it when he's on. He was the first guy I met in showbiz. It being holiday week. We're taking two approaches to the show this week. We're obviously covering anything that's big and breaking. Uh, but we're also trying to downshift a little wet, a little bit away from all the hardcore news and war and anti-Semitism going on in your life. Because I want you to show up to Thanksgiving and be in a good mood. You know, the one promise I made to myself when I got this show, okay, when all the other bigger talents and bigger names turned it down and they were like, we're out of options, let's give it to Fela, is uh, I thought long and hard about how this would impact you, the listener. It's one of the reasons I'm on the road doing as much stand-up comedy as I am and meeting you guys and building the movement that we've built. I mean, this show is, you know, probably, I don't know, five times the size of what it was when we launched. We've done well for ourselves. But it's because we are a force multiplier of positive energy. It's not a lot of places you can look around and feel good uh, when you follow hard news. Okay, we might be the only port in the storm, and I think that's a great lane to have. But this week, more so than ever, as we begin the holiday season, we're trying to make sure everybody goes home in a good mood. Uh, One of the political developments we've gotten, though, that we do have to share because it is breaking is the Commission for Presidential Debates just announced during the commercial break its schedule for next year's debates. We're going to get three presidential debates. We're going to get one vice presidential debate. So assuming nothing changes, you'll get the Republican vice president against Kamala Harris on my mom's birthday, Wednesday, September the 25th at Lafayette College in Easton, Pennsylvania, Easton, PA, home of Larry Holmes, the Easton assassin. Okay, that'll be someone debating Kamala Harris. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha ha! Yeah, I can't promise you my mom's going to skip karaoke to watch Kamala debate. But as far as the first presidential debates, the first one is going to be Monday, September the 16th at Texas State University in San Marcos, Texas. Monday, September the 16th. Second presidential debate is going to be Tuesday, October the 1st, 2024. That is at Virginia State University in Petersburg, Virginia. Third presidential debate, third and final, Wednesday, October the 9th, University of Utah, Salt Lake City. My cousin Tommy is the head chef for the Utah Utes, for the football team out there, uh, which means the presidents are going to be debating. One of them uh, will be ultimately be the president. They'll be debating right on Tommy's campus. That's a hot one. I might have to go out and visit my cousin Cactus 
see the presidential debate. I know Fox ain't sending me. There's no chance. <laughs> oh, no chance. Are you crazy? Uh, they're sending the important people, like the big-time political analysts. But that might be worth checking out. So there's some news for you. Just came out minutes ago. Now, the big debate, of course, revolves around who's going to wind up being on that stage. Biden's turning 81 today. Okay, as you know, they celebrated him at the White House earlier. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Uh, Biden is polling historically low. Bill Hammer, who was on the show today, said Biden's the nominee come hell or high water because you can't can't get a guy off the ticket if he doesn't want to leave. Okay, Lyndon uh, B. Johnson ultimately left voluntarily. He was the only sitting incumbent not to seek reelection in I, I can't tell you of a second one off the top of my head in, in this lifetime. There hasn't been one. Okay, but the reality is Biden, if he wants to do it again, will be able to do it again. Now, that's a disaster for the party. They're losing their mind. They're trying everything they can behind the scenes. But Hammer says they're all in on Biden and uh, no one's taking him off the ticket. I don't know. You know, I think the pickle they're in is Kamala. She's not an heir apparent, but in a party that relies overwhelmingly on support of black voters, it's hard to throw a black woman off the ticket, even someone as inept as Kamala. So this very well could mean Biden's the nominee and he's on one of those debate stages when September and October of next year roll around. I don't know that we'll get into that with Andy Engel, the founder of the Manhattan Comedy School, the director of new talent at the Gotham Comedy Club. But we are going to talk about showbiz because now SNL went and took some shots at Biden over the weekend. Come on, man. They like to tell you the walls are closing in. I don't know that we're there yet, but when it comes to comedy, uh, they have sent in the clowns on the Biden administration. (laughs) There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up to talk to this next guest. He is a friend of ours. You've seen Donnie Brasco. You know, if I say he's a friend of mine, it means he's a local knock-around guy. No big deal. But if I say he's a friend of ours, he's a made guy in this radio mafia. You treat him with respect. Nobody raising their hands to the founder of the Manhattan Comedy School, Andy Engel, on the show. Hey, man. Jimmy, thank you so much, brother. I love the way you introduced me. It's pretty wild. Straight straight Donnie Brasco. Do you have the money from the sanitation business for me? Yes, yes, I do. (laughs) Hey. It'll be given later today. Andy, I want to wet my beak. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I get it. I get it. I want my taste. Uh, really quickly, I want to talk about your sure. school first, and then let's just do yep, some yep. You and Me radio. The Manhattan yep, yep. Comedy School, and everyone should know this, okay? When I yep. started in showbiz, the mm-hmm. first person I ever talked to was you. I called you up, and like right. every other crazy person who gets into showbiz, and was like, right. no, I'm going to do it. You don't understand. I'm going to have my own show someday. Where do I start? And you were the guy who steered me. Wow, Jimmy, it's really nice to hear you say that. It's really cool, actually. That matters. That's, I was telling the audience it's, that, well, yep. it's, it's, it's cool to some people. I, I don't know that you want to mention that in every circle you go into socially, uh, but it would no, help you on really this awesome. show. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, okay? Yep, Be- yep. Your class, and I think this is my understanding, and I hope I haven't mm-hmm. misled our listeners, mm-hmm. can they take your class virtually now? Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Yes, okay. they can. We've got both, which is really cool, so, live or virtual. Okay. And uh, the, the virtual teacher is D.C. Betty. And you know him to be oh stop a comic it comic. So let me yeah. just let me just give them this background. So D- yep, yep, go ahead. DC Benny, everybody has to check this out. I didn't know that, and I know DC Benny well, mm-hmm, and I didn't know mm-hmm. that was going on. So that's a good coup for mm-hmm. both of you. DC Benny, yep. a lot of people might not know this, was one of the first white acts to play the Apollo. 
And mm-hmm. if you guys, mm-hmm. if anyone listening goes out and Googles this video, this is like late 90s. DC Benny mm-hmm. went to the Apollo as a white act and got a standing yep. ovation, like burnt it yep. down. Because, you yep. know, and that was, wow, that's crazy. So he teaches the class. He teaches the stand-up. And not only that, you know as well that he's an amazing storyteller. Yeah, he is. He's got a rep on the New York City comedy scene. Not only is he a great comic, but is a great storyteller. So he's kind of teaching, he's giving students both when he teaches, which no, is amazing. He's, he's, well, I will tell you this. People who who are like hardcore Jimmy Fallon fans will know. Andy, I did a um, mm-hmm. a moon landing documentary over the summer that DC Benny is prominently featured in. Oh, he wow. Was, yeah, Very he, cool. he was on my panel with Kennedy and Mike Vecchione. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, pretty funny. So we're talking to Andy Engel, the founder of the Manhattan Comedy School. What is the website if they wanted to virtually take the class? It's, it's ManhattanComedySchool.com. I'll say it again. It's all one word. ManhattanComedySchool.com. That's hilarious. And listen, folks, even yep. if, you know, whether you're crazy like me and you want to get into show business or you just want to work on your public speaking skills, it actually is a phenomenal asset to have because, as you know and you kind of told me, you know, having mm-hmm. having comedy as a weapon really gets you a lot of different places in life. You know, whether it's in corporate America, yep. whether it's in yep. anything, it yep. is a vital life skill to have. It's ManhattanComedySchool.com. Correct, correct. And, 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 you know, it, besides it being the ultimate natural high, which you know personally, mm-hmm. it also does help with confidence, selling, teaching, pitching, mm-hmm. of course, public speaking. Yes. Well, listen, more importantly for my audience, dating. Okay. You got a lot of horny truckers <laughs> listening to this interview right now yes. that are tying, yes. tired of paying the 50 bucks for the lot lizard outside of the Flying J yes. truck yes. stop. That is correct, Jimmy. <laughs> Even Marv Albert <laughs> likes it. Even more of his head. Yes. Oh, I love I this. I'm retirement just for this interview. <laughs> All right. Well, I li- listen to me because I wanted to bring this up for our audience. I was trying yeah. to give them like a qualifier on you mm-hmm. and the amount of time you've worked in comedy and the variety of people you've worked with. I mean, you were essentially in New York comedy clubs for the boom, like going back to the beginning, like the 80s yeah, comedy yeah. boom. Yep, yep, yep. It's, it's, I wouldn't be misrepresenting this when I said that you have literally worked with and met every single com- comedian this audience has heard of. Would that not be correct? Yes, th- that's accurate. I mean, I started in 1987 mm-hmm. with Caroline at, at, at Caroline's the Seaport. Yep, well, that was at the seaport at the time, mm-hmm. and I mean the people that were doing the club. I mean everybody from Sam Kinison to Bob Nelson. We're going way, way back now. Yeah. But the people over the years did it. I mean Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Louis Black, mm-hmm. uh, Dennis and, Leary, and a lot. And a lot of people don't know this. You produced Louis C.K.'s one man show. I'm kidding. That's not a real thing. <laughs> Where's everybody going? Yeah, yes, yes, that is correct. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I don't want to upset Louie. That guy's got a lot of pull, if you know what I'm yeah. saying. Does he ever? Yeah, exactly, but, exactly. Uh, that's funny. We're talking to Andy Angle of the Manhattan Comedy School. The website is manhattancomedyschool.com. You can enroll in virtual classes. I did not know. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. I did not know DC, you were working with D.C. Benny. D.C. Benny's like my sure. favorite guy in the world. No, so he's a really cool the, guy. The last time yeah. I worked with D.C., we were at um, the Borgata. And you know the way the Borgata works? They give you a meal card where you can just eat in the employee cafeteria. Now, D.C. DC obviously just happens to like food. I was just trying to avoid the blackjack tables at all costs. So me and D.C. gained, I'm not kidding, like 12 pounds in like three days. It was impressive. 
Oh, it wait was, a second. I remember that the Borgata, uh, what do you call it, the, uh, the buffet is phenomenal. Oh, it's world class. I know. It's like it's, it's, I'm fantasizing about it. I went a year ago, and I still remember it. No, it's so good, but I can't go. Yeah. Like working in TV, you know, they have me in a shock collar now. Like if I eat right, a carbohydrate, right. I get like 2,000 volts. It's, it's very unpleasant. <laughs> So I got to try to pull right. together. Well, let me ask you this. As right. someone who was sure. in clubs, I mean, who met Dice, who met everybody, yeah, who yeah. was the best club comic? That's what I want to know. I consider right now in this mm-hmm. generation, I think Attell probably burns a club out better than anybody that the audience mm-hmm. has heard of. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. my all-time favorite club act was the late, great Kevin Meany. Who you mm-hmm, really used mm-hmm. to be something else? But would you put yep, would you yep. put Kinnison at the top of your list? Who would be at the top of your list? For me, yes, personally, it's just Kinnison when he was at his when he what is it when he was in his prime? Yes. Yeah, Sam. Not 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 the the old days, but when he was in his prime, he was phenomenal. Because someone had once told me this is a fascinating story. Someone once told me at the mm-hmm. comic strip about it was they called it the Kinnison flu. And it was mm-hmm. acts who had to follow Kinnison when the lineup was posted that would mysteriously get sick and skip their spot. Was that a thing? <laughs> that sounds like it makes a lot of sense. Yes. Wow. I, who, who wants to follow him? Nobody could follow him. No, Kinnison was such a beast, man. That's fast. That no, is nobody could follow him. But, but here's an interesting story for you. This mm-hmm. Monday, it might. By the way, if you take a class with us, you perform on the main stage at Gotham Comedy Club. Which is right. Um, and this past Monday, Jerry Seinfeld, Jim Gaffigan, um, Ronnie Chang and George Wallace did my show. Wow. Just that, one night. That's that another all, thing. And I'm not exaggerating. They were, that was literally just this past Monday. They all stopped by, and there were students on that show. So when you do a show with us, whether it's a graduation show or a new talent show, it's not uncommon for those guys to drop in. But no. four of them on one night, that was pretty amazing. That's, that a, was, big, that was, that's a big one. That was no, a big night. No, uh, it's, it's funny that, um, you know, if you're at Gotham, Seinfeld, mm-hmm. that's kind of his home club. Yep, yep. And, and Gaffigan so, too. Yeah, if you if you are frequenting Gotham like semi regularly, it's impossible mm-hmm. not to see Seinfeld or Jim Gaffigan. Correct, correct, uh, correct. Always there working out material. And uh, yep. you know Gaffigan has been great to me over the years. He blurbed my first yep. book. He was super helpful. Wow. Uh, and wow. he's another guy that. How many times would you say, in all honesty, Jim Gaffigan has done your show that you produce at Gotham? A thousand? He probably averages like fifty times a year, and he's been doing it for you know. So it's probably it, it's probably approaching a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm trying to think like if yep. we were keeping yep. stats on appearances yep. on your show, you've probably you've had Gavigan's probably been on more than anybody on Earth. Correct. But, but correct. Seinfeld all the way back to Caroline. Yes, too, now. but Seinfeld has probably done your show at Gotham more than he's done any other show in Manhattan, wouldn't you say? He's done my show a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. In fact, the two of them even met. I would on my shows, and then they went on tour together, which is pretty cool. Look at Andy. He's also a, he's also a comedian matchmaker, a celebrity <laughs> matchmaker. Listen, the I'm point is you, it's the truth. ManhattanComedySchool.com. That's just one of the many reasons you are a made guy in the Fail Radio Mafia. I will catch Thank up you, with Jimmy. you and offline. Let me just, can I can yep. I give a discount to your listeners? Oh, stop it! Let's go. Okay, if they if if they register for any class or a gift certificate or uh-huh. a gift certificate Ten before seconds, December first, uh-huh. uh, I'll give them fifty bucks off. All they have to Whoa! do is get a promo code. Andy Engel, giving uh, away fifty bucks. Is- give it to me. Back after this. <laughs> you ready? It's, uh- Don't go anywhere. Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and if you listen to the show on the regular, then you are well aware that I am a man who has paid 
and not paid his rent over the years by betting on college football. Well, joining us now, a man who very well might be able to keep the roof over my family's heads this weekend after the Ohio State-Michigan game. He is a Fox Sports analyst and the host of the Joel Klatt Show. Joel Klatt is in the house. Hey, man. What's going on? How are you today? I'm, I'm amped up, uh, but cautiously optimistic that I think I have the right side of this game on Saturday. Uh, but I certainly need to vet it through an expert because I don't know if you know, but New York housing is a little expensive. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not uh, aware in the sense that I, I live there, but I, <laughs> I, I'm aware from afar. What, what can I help you with? For this? <laughs> well, we're, of course, uh, looking at the game up in Ann Arbor between Ohio State and Michigan. I know you have a ton of background there. And I will tell you, like, I've always loved this game anyway. But this year, you know, the tension meter's been ratcheted up a little bit with the Harbaugh stuff. Would you say that Michigan is playing with a different level of motivation than in years past? They, they certainly seem to have that against Penn State. Yeah. Um, and even against Michigan State earlier or, or Purdue. You know, and, and there was a time when this was a real gal- galvanizing point. Mm-hmm. I think last week, though, <clears throat> it was interesting because from my seat, it, it looked like more of a distraction mm-hmm. um, because of everything that had come down. So yeah. last week it goes from, you know, we're going to fight the suspension and it's us against everybody to, okay, I'm going to take the suspension, the three games. They had to fire a linebacker coach, Chris Partridge. Mm-hmm. And and that can take the, the wind out of the sails, you know, if you're a, yeah. a 19 to 22-year-old from a playing perspective. And so last week against Maryland, I didn't feel like Michigan played great. and yeah. And – to be fair, that's understandable. Mm-hmm. They had really three different ways, a perfect storm of of what I would say distraction, which would cause them not to play well. One, they were coming off a really emotional win against Penn State, mm-hmm. highly emotional win. That's yep. number one. Number two is the distraction surrounding them, in particular during the week with the coach being fired. And number three would be the big game looking ahead. So they've got this sandwich game. They've got Ohio State coming up. They've got all this distractions, and they didn't play well, and that's that's understandable. But in a larger sense, Jimmy, what you said was was correct in that they have used this as a central you know, galvanizing point within the team. Mm-hmm. You can say all you want that they did this to themselves, and that might be true, but that doesn't mean that it can't be a motivating instance or, or entity, a galvanizing force within the team between those 19 and 22 year olds. Yeah, it's, it's they're going to be amped up. We're talking to Joel Klatt, Fox Sports analyst, host of the Joel Klatt Show. I saw that you tweeted your own personal top 10. You do have Michigan ahead of Ohio State at this stage. I, I do, and and to be fair, a lot of that has to do with the fact that they've beaten them in two straight years, yep. and they have been more consistent during the course of the year. Mm-hmm. They might not be playing as well currently right now today mm-hmm. um, as Ohio State is, as Ohio State has gotten more healthy with their running back, Travion Henderson, uh, all the talent on the outside, the defense playing as well as they've played. But Michigan has been the more dominant team for the, the bulk of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. And and that has to mean something. They've won the last two years, and that's why I still have them ahead of Ohio State. Fair. Let me ask you this. Do you think on some level Ryan Day is mad that Harbaugh isn't in this game, if only because he wants revenge for all the smack talk? Harbaugh kind of lit him up last year before that game and then beat him going away. You know, that that's an interesting take. I, I think that Ryan wants – desperately for his team to focus on themselves mm-hmm. and and i think that if 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 you were to ask him he would probably say that he wishes this entire narrative wasn't there mm-hmm. but it is and actually jim not being there i think actually increases the pressure 
that Ryan is under, having lost the last couple of years. And a lot of people within Ohio State circles are saying, hey, Ryan, you can't go out and and lose to an acting head coach who's doing (laughs) this for the first time. And by the way, it's a first-year full-time play caller in Sharon Moore. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, this has really ratcheted up the pressure for Ohio State. Yeah, you know, I think that's a great point there. And when you look at the line, okay, Michigan currently in Vegas is favored by about three and a half. Do you consider that to be a referendum on the other untested aspects of Ohio State, mainly Kyle McCord in this situation? I think that Kyle is an interesting aspect of this game because you can make the argument that in the last four weeks, Ohio State has taken care of every other question that they had. Mm -hmm. The defense is really good. One of the best defenses in America, and they don't give up big plays. They can rush the passer. I think we saw that last week with Jack Sawyer's uh, big day. Mm -hmm. Then, Then you also have a run game that has developed into something that is much more reliable than it was to start the year. And Travion Henderson is now healthy at the running back position. The O-line is playing great. And you have the great wide receivers led by Marvin Harrison Jr. on the outside. So the the only real question I have for Ohio State in the way that they play in this game is their quarterback, Kyle McCord. Yep. He's totally unproven in, in a scenario and a scene and a location like he's about to face in Ann Arbor. And the bottom line is this. He has the potential to play really well. If he does that, man, I really like Ohio State. But if he doesn't, and they've got to manage around his game like they've had to do against Penn State and Maryland earlier in the season, then you know Michigan's going to have the advantage. This is what I love about this game is that it is such a tight game. Yes. Both of these teams know how they win, they know who they are, and they're going to go try to impose their will on the opponent. And you get that in that environment with that amount of vitriol, not only between the teams, but between the fan bases. And it's it's going to be an incredible environment. Yeah, it is going to be wild. Joe Clad, Fox Sports analyst, host of the Joe Clad Show. Last question I'll throw at you. Okay, I think it's still too early in the week to commit hard to either side of this bet in Vegas. So I just need an opinion out of you on the over-under 1 million beers in that stadium. Do you think they can do it? <laughs> that would be, let's see. It's 107,000 uh, fans. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's, that's a lot. Now, I, I know that there's going to be plenty of people maybe in the student section that go over the 10, but <laughs> I don't know if they get to a million. I don't know if they get to a million. All right, well. I'll tell you I, what, if, if, if they do that, they're going to need a good night's rest. All right, so you're, you're telling me to tease it down to 850,000 and tease up Ohio State to 9.5. Is that the play? Like, uh, that's 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 the play. Right. That, that's certainly the play. Well said. Well, if you see me looking for an apartment in Colorado where you came from, uh, you'll know it didn't work out. Thank you for your time, that's, man. That's this was a great. great point. Good hey, stuff. I, yep. I do want to, yep. you know, say that uh, I, I love coming on these shows all across the country. It's certainly been great to, to be with you here today. I, I am here on behalf of Hampton by Hilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been so great to me, and they remain so consistent for me. For those of you that don't know, I travel well over yep. 100 nights a year, and mm-hmm. I know that you're all starting to get yep. travel plans and schedule those travel plans for the holidays and even after the holidays. And I would just say, like, I rely heavily on the consistency that Hampton by Hilton can provide for me, whether it's the locations I need, the experience that I need, the free hot breakfast, which Ooh. is a game changer for me in particular with them when I'm with my family, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that's something that I think everyone would benefit from. And yep. so, Jimmy, you know, as, as you're 
uh, talking about maybe moving to Denver. You might need a <laughs> night or two in a hotel. Always keep Hampton by Hilton in mind. Believe it. And listen, I was in Naples, Florida over the weekend. They came through big for me. So I will co-sign all of this. Uh, and amen to the breakfast, especially if you drink in the comedy clubs like I do on a Friday night. Really comes in handy. There you go. So there you go. Great well, stuff. Listen, man, have a great Thanksgiving you, and enjoy the game. You too, my man. I appreciate you. There he goes. The great Joel Klatt. Fox Sports Analyst, and check out the Joel Klatt Show. This Mass has ended. Go in peace. We are one day closer to Thanksgiving, the 15th birthday of Lincoln Fela, and, of course, the Ohio State-Michigan game Saturday afternoon as well. But right now, this show is over. Pay up and get out. We're going to light the Christmas tree right out on Fox Plaza. I'll see you on the 5. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.